Welcome to the Wing Chun Podcast, the Sifu's Stories, the place where the world's most renowned Sifus share their stories and insights. I am your host, Bogdan Hiroshu. We're here with uh, Sifu Tommy Yolig, the founder and leader of BDS Wing Chun International, the biggest online learning platform of for Wing Chun with over 700 users. Sifutami, could you please um, tell us more about how you actually started out with uh, with Wing Chun? Did you do any uh, martial arts prior to that? Just a bit about your story, your background. Oh, sure. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, first of all, uh, even though we have the online academy right now, which uh, has caused quite uh, a lot of commotion, we're actually just uh, an international uh, Wing Chun organization. We're right now, we have schools in 15 countries, and uh, the online academy is just one tiny uh, department of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started off uh, with judo when I was six years old and then switched over to karate uh, for a while. I was born and raised in Germany, but I spent a huge chunks of my childhood and also of my adult life in the States, and uh, that's where I got introduced to uh, karate. There was this, uh, I, I was always a big uh, fan of Bruce Lee's movies, and I don't know if you remember, but back in the 80s, there was this movie, No, Tr- no Retreat, No Surrender, <laughs> okay. where this uh, where, where Bruce Lee comes back from the dead to, uh, oh, to yeah. teach a karate boy. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that, the... Was the, that was the main reason for me that I had to learn karate, because what I thought was that what Bruce Lee did was karate. <laughs> yeah, And yeah, uh, yeah, it yeah. took me... <laughs> to be honest, that was actually the first martial arts movie that I ever saw. I remember, I think Jean-Claude Van Damme was the villain in that movie. Exactly. He played Ivan Kaczynski, the evil Russian in that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember watching it on VCR. All right. Yeah, yeah, me too. And uh, I really loved that movie. And uh, that's actually what got me really interested in martial arts. I wasn't the biggest uh, fan of judo when I was practicing it back then. I wanted to kick and I wanted to punch. Mm -hmm. But uh, my parents thought at the time that what... um, what uh, well, martial artists were people were, were practically bullies. So uh, they did not allow that for a while. And uh, I was uh, one of those children that you see on airports uh, at airports wearing uh, a pouch around their neck that says uh, unaccompanied minor, you know, holding hands with the flight attendants uh, going back and forth between America and Germany. And as I was in the States, I had the chance to uh, visit karate schools with my, uh, my cousins back then. Um, and, uh, I had the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into uh, my my very limited knowledge about Bruce Lee and found out that what he did was actually not karate at all, but it was something called Wing Chun. And uh, when I was 14 years old, my best friend saw a poster of a local Wing Chun school and uh, encouraged me to, to go just go check it out. And I did that and signed up after the first uh, trial lesson and, well, I've been there ever since. And this was uh, 26 years ago now. Was that a school in the States or in Germany? No, that was back in Germany again. There was a school uh, in Germany, yes. Awesome. So did you actually start out in this career? Did you um, maybe finish school and started teaching Wing Chun? Yeah, well, first, I mean, I was still a student at uh, at high school when I started with Wing Chun. I was only 14 years old, and uh, I had no idea that uh, such a thing as a professional martial arts teacher existed. Mm-hmm. Um, the first person who I met who actually did that was one of my sihings back then. And uh, I remember there was a day in my life, it was snowing like crazy, and I just learned that uh, there is the opportunity to actually become a full-time martial artist or a martial arts teacher. 
And I was I just turned 18, and it was one of the first trips that I took with my with my very first car, and it was just such an interesting experience, you know, driving through snow-capped uh, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, trying to reach my instructor's house in order to tell him that uh, this was actually what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And it took me forever to reach his house, and uh, that was before um, the uh, before a cell phone day, so I wasn't able to yeah. call him either, and he didn't expect me, so I just showed up at his doorstep uh, on this one snow-capped night and uh, told him that uh, that's actually what I wanted to do. Um, yeah, and then that's what I did. I mean, I graduated from school and uh, started teaching full-time right away. I've uh, been teaching full-time since I was 18. I'm 40 right now. That is so cool because, you know, in my case, when I finished uh, high school, for example, I was so confused because I either wanted to uh, pick up acting to go to acting mm-hmm. schools or to go to a martial arts university. And, of course, we there, there was none. Right, right. Interesting. But, okay. The problem was that I thought, for example, that either actors or a martial arts teacher, they both starve. So I had to do something else or at least that that was my mind frame at the time okay. and um that's actually that's actually leading to my next question because a lot of wing chun teachers you know obviously we're super passionate about wing chun otherwise we would not teach there's, right. there's no point in it at the same time a lot of people struggle to make ends meet if they yes. have um if they're teaching wing chun full-time you know what was your case what were, what were your challenges when you started teaching well, um, the thing is that when I started out, I was quite young and uh, I was what many call, or people will call a technician. Now, I was good at throwing chain punches or in doing a good tanso or kanso or whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything about um, the, the business aspect of mm-hmm. a martial arts school. So um, uh, there was a time I started off with this tiny little school. Uh, actually, it wasn't a real school. We just rented a place, um, like a course room at a local gym, and I just taught there twice per week. I began with two adults' classes and then two uh, kids' classes, and this whole thing grew. Then I opened another uh, – I did the same thing at another location, and eventually my – First group grew to 80 people, uh, which allowed me to support uh, my first own school. So I rented uh, my first own facility. And uh, um, yeah, well, I did the same thing with the second location then as well. And what I found very difficult back then was that uh, one, um, even though I was part of a big organization, I did not receive any support whatsoever. I didn't receive any uh, brochures or posters or even logo for that logos for that matter. So no advertising uh, material or uh, any business tips, any marketing tips, any you know uh, bookkeeping tips, all the the very mm-hmm. important stuff that you need when you first start out uh, as a well, as any kind of self-employed person. So those were the problems that I that I uh, ran into in the first in the first uh, years of my uh, my full-time career that made it quite difficult. But I was uh, lucky enough to actually find uh, a lot of people who made uh, a lot of money with the martial arts and uh, who were still passionate about this whole thing and were still still able to play uh, to train uh, regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was something that was that was very interesting for me because uh, what I actually did was I only wanted to teach Wing Chun full time so that I could uh, make enough money um, to actually uh, pay for my pay. Wing Chun tuition. Yeah, that's, pay the bills. That's, you know, yeah, <laughs> I think that's what many people do. And but these people actually changed my mindset. These were were guys who ran successful martial arts, uh, mm-hmm. karate schools, and taekwondo schools, and they actually had business models for their schools, which was something that was completely new to me. 
And again, the question, did you meet them in Germany or in um, in the United States? Well, I'm, I met what, the first guy that I met who actually made a living or a real living and wasn't struggling financially uh, was a, an English Wing Chun instructor um, uh, who I met in Germany, but he had his schools in England. Uh, but the programs that he used, the marketing programs and business programs that he used, he got those from the States. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I had a similar challenge as well because... When I started out, it was incredibly difficult to bring people and sign people up for uh, for class. I mean, if we had one new person a month, that would have been... I, I was happy with it. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. But I know, and, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know a lot of people listening who are teaching, they, they know what, what we're referring to. I mean, mm. it's fine if you have a regular job and you're teaching Wing Chun part-time, but if you're doing it full-time, then it can be incredibly stressful. I totally agree with you. Yes, and um, especially if you if you struggle financially, you know, it's I, I remember these days when we only had like one uh, one student per month, and uh, right. actually it all comes down to to marketing. It all comes down to how you set up your year, how, which which marketing um, uh, efforts you put in per week, mm -hmm. and so on. So that you really underlie everything that you do with the business structure. Most people just think I go to my school and I teach twice per week, and people will come simply for the fact that I'm there. But yeah. that's uh, that's not the not the case. You know, you have to go out, you have to market your school, otherwise you're going to go out of business very soon. You actually said that you opened the school and then it grew, it grew, it grew. You know, it's, I'm sure that you want, went through a lot of, a lot of challenges and made a lot of mistakes, you know. Um, Definitely. Could you, could you tell us a bit about that, you know, about your, um, about your struggles a bit in, in the beginning and how you overcame them, how you changed your mindset? Right. Well, actually, um, the, it, it all came down to meeting the person that I just uh, um, told you about and him uh, being open enough to share uh, business ideas with me. Up until then, I always thought that the only thing I had to do was just go ahead and uh, be a good martial arts instructor and people would come. And it didn't occur to me that yeah. it's, it's not just going to your school and teach, but you actually have to go ahead and you have to advertise for your school. And you, it's like going to work. Yeah. If you have a regular job, then you spend eight hours per day on the job. And uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to provide for my family with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and what actually changed my mind was the, the conversations that I had with the guy, uh, with this guy, you know, the, uh, the, the business um, structures that he gave to me yeah. for that. Not just when it came to, to advertising, but the, the whole mindset to see this whole thing as a mission and also to see it as a business. Many people think, well, if I... Uh, put a lot of effort and time into um, into advertising my school or marketing my school, then I will not be able to spend this time in training. But I think the fact is that if you don't do it, then you're not going to have people or room to teach yeah. or to train at or to actually do your uh, um, uh, indulge on your passion, if you will. Mm -hmm. Now, so it was it was very difficult in the beginning. All we did was just hang up a couple of uh, posters. Uh, maybe we did this every second month or so, and uh, the result was just that, you know, pretty much nobody came. And uh, it wasn't until uh, I really started with internal promotions, the promotions that we did within the school, uh, with our existing members, and external promotions, uh, where we uh, promoted the school in, the, um, in, our, uh, in our community, that actually changed the whole game for me. Yeah, a lot of people have this stigma regarding Wing Chun, teaching Wing Chun, and... Um, and seeing your school as being a business which mm -hmm. um there's nothing wrong with that as if you're happy if uh you know you're happy with your group and um you're okay with with what you're doing that's that's great 
I agree. But for the people that want to have uh, to make a living, pay the bills, and also enjoy their passion, how do you feel would be a good approach to that? How would you change, or you know, from your perspective, that you you own um, a huge organization and um, an online platform as well? What would be the most important advice that you would give to people? who want to teach Wing Chun for a living and also make a living out of it. Yeah, well, first of all, let me know. I totally agree. Uh, I totally agree with you when you said that um, it, it comes down to what you really want. If you just like Wing Chun and you want to teach it once or twice per week, just in order to get your hobby going and uh, to have a few people to train with, that's absolutely fine. But if you want to go ahead and you really want to make a living out of Wing Chun, then uh, I believe the first thing you should do is to consider teaching kids. Because nowadays, the, um, the, the average uh, profitable, uh, profit, pro profitably uh, run martial arts school consists 70% of kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, uh, that, I believe, is something that's quite, uh, quite important. Um, we have one location over here. Uh, that has more than 250 students and uh, 100 out of these students are children, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's something that many, many Wing Chun people don't want to, don't want to hear because <laughs> they don't, uh, they don't like to teach kids classes. But I think that's an essential part of what you do if you really want to run a school that's financially uh, profitable. To be honest, that's my case as well because I, um, I, I shy, I avoided teaching mm -hmm. kids for and i'm still not um not very open to the idea right um, yeah yeah well it's it's uh it's it's a matter of uh, mindset i believe i've mm -hmm. uh, taught kids mm -hmm. for 15 years and after these 15 years of teaching kids i actually came to the conclusion <laughs> took me a while that wing chun is not designed for kids i mean if we talk about wing chun itself then uh it's yeah. we talk about a very aggressive street fighting system yeah. uh where you teach somebody to tear out people's throats and you gouge you use eye gouges and you kick them mm -hmm. to the groin and stuff like that and teaching this to a kid is not a responsible thing so uh i changed our approach i changed the way that we teach children um, by implementing a, a, a grading system um, that uh, uh, that includes, um, for the white belt, for example, we teach them boxing techniques. And then from a Wing Chun perspective, what can I do against that? Then for the yellow belt, we teach them tech, uh, Budo kicks. And then again, from a Wing Chun perspective, what can I, what can I do against it? But um, on child-friendly terms, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there are certain aspects of the, the Wing Chun system that have to be modified in order to really uh, make this a child-friendly uh, um, and responsible uh, program. You know what? Personally, I think that's a great approach even for adults. I mean, if you start learning a bit of boxing, well, um, I was discussing that with uh, in a previous podcast with uh, Sifu Mark Phillips. Mm -hmm. um, he was saying that, and uh, I totally agree, if you want to learn how to deal with the boxer, you should train with the boxer. If you no, want to absolutely. Learn how to... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yes. If you want to learn how to deal with somebody who's a, an expert grappler, then you have to train grappling. So I think it's a great approach, learning some boxing um, basics, and then seeing how Wing Chun handles that is a very, very um, smart way of going at it.
Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, I agree with him. That's that's exactly the way that I always liked to train. You know, if there was something that I wasn't sure if that would actually work, I would just put myself into a position where I was able to spar with a boxer and see if that stuff worked out. Yeah. I used yeah. to work as a bouncer uh, at, uh, as a doorman uh, in Cologne for over eight years, and I had my fair uh, share of, of realistic situations. And that was also mm -hmm. a situation that I put myself into purposely because I wanted to know if what I did... <clears throat> excuse me, from a um, Wing Chun perspective, mm -hmm. would actually work. So uh, I think it's very, very important that we uh, that we cross-train, that we uh, spar or train with people from other martial arts uh, just to refine what we do, just to make sure that it actually works what we do. Because Wing Chun That's... is a system that claims to be a realistic self-defense system, uh, and we should be able to back that up. Let's get into that a bit, into your uh, bouncing experience. When, mm -hmm. uh, when um, something happened let's say that you had to defend yourself what was the feeling did did the wing chun come out by itself or did you have to think about it okay what i have to do what do i have to do now can you give us a bit more details on that well to me a realistic fight is really something funny or the things that your brain does is really funny i mean it, it whenever i was in a situation like that uh either everything seemed to appear in slow motion Mm -hmm. Or it seemed to have happened extremely fast and you had like a, something like a blackout so that once the situation was over and the adrenaline kind of, um, slowly left your body that you were wondering what just happened. Mm -hmm. um, so I had, I had both of these experiences. Um, it, it all depended on the intensity of the situation, obviously. I mean, if it was a regular thing where we just had to throw somebody out and uh, just put him in, into some locks and, or immobilizing mm -hmm. movements in order to take him out of the, of the club, that was one thing. But when it came to really... Uh, um, rough fights or street brawls that we that we used to have to deal with that was a different uh that was a different situation i'm super glad that uh i got to learn a system that comes out just like that that is based on kinesthetic skills you know where you don't have to think where you don't have to put a choreography into your mind uh, before you actually have to apply it but that you are you can make yourself free from all of these things and just go into the situation and um yeah, well, just deal with whatever happens. If, if you are trained in Chiso, or if you're well trained in Chiso, uh, then this gives you a super nice opportunity to deal with any given situation. And that's why I value the system so much. That is so cool. That's, that's great. Yeah. My students ask me that a lot. You know, um, they say, how, how do I know that I'm ready for this tree? How do I know that, uh, that what I'm learning here will work? Mm. And then people come with these stories that, just happens you know it just comes out by itself yeah well they're they're there but then again i mean if we if we as wing chun instructors uh want to teach a realistic self-defense uh, mm -hmm. system then we also have to teach them about the things that the system cannot do yes. like for example um if you're standing at the bar drinking your beer and you don't think that anything bad would happen all of a sudden the guy comes up and uh, hits a bottle over your head then there's not much that you can do obviously yeah. so to me teaching self-defense has more to do than the actual chain punches and kicking and stuff like that for me it has a lot to do with awareness it has a lot to do with where am I going to go today? Who am I going to go there with today? How can I make sure that I monitor my environment a little bit? Uh, so all of these are things that I believe uh, as a professional, um, a serious martial arts instructor or self-defense instructor, that's definitely something you don't just have to put into consideration, but implement into your grading program as well. Absolutely. It's, it's also a, a huge part is the internal game, the psychological game. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's not just the partner or the, the opponent that you're facing. You're also facing your own fears. So overcoming your own fears mm -hmm, and actually mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, putting yourself in a, into a position where you do 
um, go forward and actually jump into action, that is something that a lot of people have a big problem with that, because of the factor of fear, uh, which is quite understandable. That's that's very very interesting, and I think if we if we make like a parallel or comparison to what we were saying before about learning marketing and business on a, from a psychological point of view, it's really about overcoming your beliefs. Especially Absolutely. About, um, for example, the belief that I have was that a martial arts instructor is supposed to starve and not thrive and not have enough money to pay the bills and so on and so forth. And I, I think a lot of people are still having these beliefs yeah. and uh, they're causing them a lot of pain. Um, yes. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to let's see a brighter side of uh, of our interview. What is your <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> what is your favorite Wing Chun related story, and could you share it with us? Uh, well, I was teaching a class one day, and um, one of our female students came in, and she uh, handed me a bouquet of flowers, and she had tears in her eyes, and then she left the classroom. And I was like, what was that? What just happened? So I gave the class to uh, one of my instructors and went after her. And uh, I caught her at the bistro area that we have in our school. And I said, hey, Melanie, what just happened? And uh, she said that she was just on the way to class. And um, she took the train. And as she was on the train, sitting in this one compartment, there was this guy who came up to her, sat down next to her, and started trash-talking her and sexually harassing her verbally. And uh, she didn't want to put up with it, so she just got up and went into the next uh, into the next compartment. And uh, he followed her through uh, three or four cars. And uh, when the next stop came, then she got out of the train, but he kept pursuing her and he kept going after her and um, uh, kept talking to her the whole time. And it got to a situation where he actually tried to grab her breast and uh, she started to yell at him and scream at him and uh, punch him, kick him and to run away. And she said that um, she she went to a flower shop from there and then uh, came over to the class from there. And she said that that was something that she would never have thought that she would have been uh, able to do something like that uh, if it wouldn't have been for the Wing Chun training. And that's actually one of the main reasons why I teach. You know, stories like those uh, where you actually hear about somebody uh, verbally or physically defending themselves in a situation that could really go south. That's that's something uh, that I'm all about. And uh, I really like this. I really like this kind of these kind of stories. That, that is that is so cool. I appreciate that so much. Oh, yeah. I, I call it the fuel, the fuel for what we're doing. It is. It's the fuel for whatever we do. It's the fuel why we still stand there and teach CNM Tao set number one for the millionth time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really what makes all the difference uh, in the end. So. So <laughs> I, teach, I teach police units and I teach uh, people from uh, or military mm -hmm. units, but this is really the kind of stuff. So, so there are people who are actually going into war or who needs the, these, these kind of uh, concepts or techniques in their uh, daily line of work. But mm -hmm. if somebody who is not, you know, trained in a situation like that or who didn't sign up to do a job like that is just being thrown into a potentially dangerous situation and is able to find their way uh, out of it due to the Wing Chun training or because of the Wing Chun training, then this is exactly where the, the system serves its purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really well contributing in other people's lives and, and um, giving them or uh, not really giving them the tools because everybody has has the tools they just it's really about them allowing themselves to to see their power or their potential and walk the path to realizing it exactly awesome um can you tell us a bit more about teaching online and about learning online 
because for example in my case i have people asking me is there like more uh more of an a more affordable solution to learn wing chun or look i'm about to leave um for a while is there a solution where i can study some stuff online and continue my training and or maybe um, they have to stop because of work and so on and so forth. What are the, the advantages of learning Wang Chun online? Can you do it? Because I know a lot of people say that you need hands-on experience and you cannot learn Wang Chun from videos. And what are the, mm. um, the disadvantages of learning online? Okay. Well, first of all, um, let me tell you that no online service will ever be able to replace a physical instructor. Mm -hmm. Never at all, especially mm -hmm. for a program like Wing Chun, because it is based on kinesthetics. It is, it is based on, on sense of touch. Mm -hmm. And that's something that a video can never give you, obviously. Mm -hmm. However, um, I mean, the reason why I came up with it was because we now have schools in, in 15 countries and uh, some of these countries I'm only able to visit once per year. Mm -hmm. We have classes in Sri Lanka, for example, or in Brazil. Uh, and I mean, I have a school over here in Germany and in Seattle. In, uh, in the states, so I do travel quite a lot, but uh, it's it's obviously it's not possible for me to be in all places at once. So for these people, it's a wonderful reference tool, something that they can go back to. You know, let's say if they just uh, forgot the first or the second drill of the Danchi flow, for example, mm -hmm. or they forgot uh, where exactly to put the elbows in the fourth set of the Sinum Tau form, then this gives them a wonderful reference point. Yeah. And also for people who do not have access to a physical school, there are people who may live in a very remote place yes. and they uh, there is just no Wing Chun school over there, then this is the second, next thing, the second best thing. It's not as good as a physical school, obviously, but at least these guys have a tool in their hands uh, with which they have they can do something. They can meet up with a training partner. Mm -hmm. They have the chance to uh, upload their videos if they like. There's an uploading uh, option that we have there, and they're able to uh, chat with us and uh, set us uh, send us questions. We have uh, a team of five seafoods sitting here at our headquarters, and there are people. Uh, these are people who are very familiar with the online program. So whenever uh, one of our students should encounter problems, mm -hmm. then they can mm -hmm. just send us a, an email, and they get an immediate response within 12 hours. So. Uh, it is online learning. It is not physical learning. Uh, and that's by far not the same thing, obviously. But if you are just cut off from your instructor and you still would like to do something for yourself, then that's what it's there for. That's awesome. You know, um, I think a lot of the main problem that people encounter when they buy a uh, an online program or um, an online product is that they buy it and then they don't use it. Right. Yeah. How, how do you motivate people to actually learn Wing Chun once they signed up to the university? I can't. <laughs> That's the one thing that I cannot do. It's exactly the same thing as having to motivate your student to get his butt off the couch and actually go to, to the, the school. school. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the challenges. <laughs> that's one of the challenges that we're dealing with as well, fortunately. <laughs> so there has to be a certain kind of self-motivation in order to not just turn on the computer and watch the videos, but actually to call your buddy and say, hey, let's do this, or to just stand in front of the computer and yeah. uh, do the form. Yeah. But yeah. that's something that's up to the user. I think that a very powerful way of motivating yourself is actually having a few people that you're uh, that you're teaching. It's like if, I agree. If you yeah, have like a small like... small group, and then you have a two or three people that are counting on you to learn mm -hmm. and uh, evolve, that's very very powerful. Oh yeah, definitely. Peer pressure cannot be underestimated. Absolutely. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Well, awesome. what we do is uh, we have a. Um, 
we have a Facebook group, for example, of people mm -hmm. who are using the online academies where, where they can share their experiences and uh, where they can ask questions and stuff like that. Uh, so that's, that's a Facebook group that's, uh, that's updated frequently and that's always monitored. So if the guys are willing to become part of this whole thing, then obviously they can. Awesome. I was personally very impressed with um with the main video that you see in um on your website. And oh, thank um, you. by the way, for the guys that are listening and they want to um sign up for for the university, maybe um to complement their um their existing training or maybe they're living in a remote place and they don't have a Wing Chun school, how could they how can they sign up or when where could they find the uh the website? Oh, well, you just go to www.wt-online.com and there you can create your your own free account. So you just sign up. Uh, you just have to provide your name. Well, well, yeah, your name, your email and your gender. And um, then you can start browsing a couple of uh, free videos on there. Uh, and then you can just, um, well, d decide what you would like to purchase. So there are a few videos on there. There's also a um, an example vi video of uh, what a first student grade should look like, for example. Mm -hmm. So you get a reference point for that and for the kind of uh, um, standard that should be present. Awesome. If you should ever want to go for... Uh, a grading in, in our system now, for example, mm -hmm. but it's also something for people who are not familiar with my system and who train other, uh, who train under, under uh, other lineages, mm -hmm. then they may not be so interested in the way that I perform a Sinum Tau form, but maybe the Lotso applications would be something interesting yeah, for them. Yeah, I, I was watching actually some of your videos on, um, on the forums and um, you are teaching a lot of practical stuff. And, uh, I try to, yes. I yeah, to. yeah, no Mojo Jojo flying uh, ninjas and stuff. <laughs> cool. Yeah, well. <laughs> so so people can uh, get some free stuff as well, right? By going to um to the website, they have access to some free stuff and free material. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. You're welcome, guys. Only on <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Mm -hmm. No, you know, a lot of there's a lot of um um Actually, there's not a lot of people sharing so much information in in the Wing Chun community. That's something that I feel is changing. I feel that we're sharing a lot more with each other and uh, we're contributing a lot more. Thank God we are, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If we're not competing so much uh, with each other, what do you feel we can do, each and every one of us, that um, that we would make our experience together, you know, in the Wing Chun community a lot more um, friendly and, um, you know, a lot more beneficial for all of us? I mean, just go back 10 years from now, there was no Wing Chun Illustrated magazine. There was mm -hmm. no such thing mm -hmm. as the podcast that we're doing right mm -hmm. now. There was no mm -hmm. such thing. Well, well I, mean, I think uh, uh, everythingwingchun.com just got started. So um, there has been a lot of development lately, which I think is very beneficial to the whole scene. Um, I think uh, that it's such a shame that a lot of knowledge over the last few hundreds uh, of a hundred years was lost simply uh, due to secrecy. Yeah. If uh, if you hide away everything and you're scared that your neighbor will take away your tansa or your special bongsa or whatever, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that's just not beneficial for the style because there is such a thing as time after you. Yeah. And if you want your style to still be taught within the next, I don't know, three, four, five hundred years, mm -hmm. then I think it's important that you do share material. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's it's something that's that's really really important. So to me. Uh, Gatherings, Wing Chun gatherings um, that are open to, to, to various lineages, which is something that now exists in England and now exists in the States. That's something that I believe is very nice. 
Um, I've been conducting summer camps once per year, and every year I invite uh, somebody from a different uh, style, uh, either be the Wing Chun style or be the different martial art, mm -hmm. to be a guest instructor. Uh, two years ago, for example, I had uh, the choreographer of the uh, uh, the Yip Man movies here, Sifu Leo, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so there's always somebody else who comes in, and I think that's something um, that's that could create this 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 kind of friendship that we're looking for. So I think that a lot of people are thinking into the right direction nowadays, and I think it's still going to take us another 10 or 20 years probably until we're where we actually want to be. But people seem to be much more open-minded nowadays. Absolutely. I, I feel that a lot of the people that are listening now to this podcast, they're kind of already there. I mean, they're, they're starting to look, I wouldn't say outside of their lineage, but they're really more open-minded so guys if you're listening right now you have my respect and my compliments just because uh you're you're open-minded and you're looking to oh see. mine too oh yeah absolutely because you know i was i was in that trap as well you know my lineage something like that you know i'm i have the the only truth and so on and so forth and really the only and there's just no that, such thing <laughs> yeah exactly the truth is that you can learn from everyone I agree. There is so much good stuff out there. There's so much knowledge out out there. You don't even have to betray your sifu. You know, yeah. that's that's yeah. not what it's all about. It's not about leaving your instructor, leaving your sifu. It's just about being open-minded, being friendly to other uh, yeah. to other Wing Chun families, and try to benefit from each other, um, as opposed to uh, you know just killing each other or yeah. talking bad mouthing each other. Yes, yes, and I th I think especially if you run a school, the way that you talk about other lineages is very very important. Absolutely. Because if you instill this kind of attitude into your students that look, we we're only, we're the only ones who are doing Wing Chun in this whole world, then you're gonna be in a very lonely place. Yeah, that's true. And it's such a big international community. I'm gonna go to. It's quite quite funny because I've been doing this thing for 25 years full time for so many years, and I have never been to Hong Kong. <laughs> so wow. uh, next week, <laughs> next week I will board a, a, a flight to to Hong Kong, and there are so many people who have uh, known me from my videos and contacted me yeah. that yeah. I, I will be there for for 10 days, and I'm already booked out. I'm already booked out that on eight so of these cool. days simply by meeting people from various Wing Chun lineages. I love that. So in other words, we are really people of an international family. That's the Wing Chun is what what keeps us all together, and it doesn't really matter where you're from or you know what uh, what your profession is, uh, what your religion is, what your what your belief is. Uh, we're all part of the same family, and that's something that I think is really wonderful about it. What would you, if you could leave one advice to to all of your students, just one? What would that be? Um, training related, then it would be whatever you do, make sure that a small girl or sh uh, somebody who doesn't have a lot of weight is able to apply it against the guy who weighs 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. If that wouldn't work, to me, it's not Wing Chun. But that's mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. uh, that's my understanding. If that's if that would be the one thing that I could leave them for their for the physical training, because we constantly are being faced with situations where we go, hmm, is that something that could really work if the guy was really strong? Well, if it doesn't, then change it or don't change it. There are there are certain certain aspects that have to be preserved when you are a Wing Chun master. So I do teach the the more traditional aspects as well, but I'm a very hands-on guy, as you said before. Mm -hmm. So uh, to me, it's important that what I teach can actually be applied on the street. 
And if not, then well, that, then I have my difficulties with that. Mm-hmm. So during training, this will probably be the one thing that I would give to them because that's what a true, a true art is to me. Especially an art that claims that it was invented by a woman. If if uh, if uh, a girl is not able to apply these uh, um, the techniques that we're trying to apply against somebody who's who has uh, significantly more force, mm-hmm. then there should be an, uh, a better way, Absolutely. and the system should provide it. Absolutely. The boxers that are listening now to us, they're saying, "Oh, these girly Wing Chun teachers." <laughs> that's not what i mean but can you imagine if you're a big tough guy and you uh you apply a technique that even a girl can can apply how much better would you be at absolutely it? absolutely you know that's absolutely. not what i mean i'm all for you know hard, rough sparring and all that kind of stuff it's it's important it's an important absolutely. part of the of the program it's just that you have to use intelligent techniques yeah 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 we have this saying that uh if uh if we, if you're weak wing chun will make you strong if you're already strong wing chun will turn you into a, a beast ah that's an awesome saying i love that <laughs> <laughs> cool so do you do you advise other sifus to um to teach more online do you advise that um that they should have some programs for their existing students that they can study online I think it's beneficial for their students. I mean, obviously, the people who are following my curriculum will benefit more from my online academy than people from other lineages. Yeah. And I think so. Therefore, it is uh, definitely something that would be not essential, but a help. It would be a help, you know, for somebody who goes on vacation and still wants to train your program or for somebody who moves away and still wants to uh, pursue your program. So I do think it does have a benefit for the student. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, I think we're about out of time. Um, Alrighty, <laughs> thank you so much for. for You're welcome. Thank for you your, for having me. Yeah, it was it was really cool talking, and um, I really enjoyed uh, listening to to your journey. Oh yeah, and I've only just begun. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's been quite a trip so far. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else that you'd like to to share with uh, with our awesome, open minded audience? No, I just want to express my gratitude that you guys are actually willing and uh, open to to listen to stuff like that and to be part of this amazing international community of martial arts. I'm really looking forward to meeting you guys. Uh, it really doesn't matter which lineage you are, you are from. So feel free to contact me on Facebook or whatever. And uh, I'm glad to uh, well have friendships with anybody training in the Wing Chun scene. So thank you guys for being so awesome. Awesome. Sounds really good. Okay, guys, um, head over to if you want to dig deeper into learning what Tommy is doing online head out to his website I'll post a link somewhere in the description and of course don't forget to check out our uh, free tools section in uh, on addicted to and keep up being awesome train hard